Two for none, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen. Alongside me is the main man, Alex Spinks. Spinksy, how are you? I'm doing very well, all things considered. You're full of joy and excitement from the fact that we've retained the ashes? I wouldn't say excitement, because it was a rather dull early morning for me today, where I'm waiting up till 4am just to watch rain. But, yeah. you know, I enjoyed it somewhat. If I'll it tell you what, a warm Spinks, glow inside. I'm calling it the Great Escape. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> My That's right, folks. He's playing Steve McQueen. <laughs> reporting from the front lines, it's me, Captain Virgil Harris, Patrick Cullen, <laughs> here reporting in from the POW camp. Got my bloody flight lieutenant Alex Spinks over there. Just you ready to dig Sergeant some tunnels, Schultz. eh, Spinks? Just asking Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> <This Nice>. is- <laughs> That's right, we'll get to Switzerland. Switzerland being an infinite rain delay that somehow gets us. We jumped the motorbike, we got up there, Spinks, you and me, jumped the motorbike, flipped over the fence. And next thing you know, Australia's got the ashes in our hot little hands. Can you believe it? For four series in a row. We <laughs> Four? Yeah, four series in a row. We've got, got the urn in our, in our graspy little mitts. We, we didn't deserve it, though, Spinks, off this I, test. Um, off this test we didn't, but, you know. We did great in the first two. It's a five-test series. That's right. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Doesn't matter if you finish fast, if you fell over at the first hurdle. So, those are my weird hurdles, sports analogies that I'm kind of just combining <laughs> for this, and I'm full of them today. <laughs> Watch out, folks. He's weird as sports. Weird sports analogies. He's got them all happening over there. We've both got early marks from our jobs, and so we're recording early on the day after it happens. Spinksy's got a vino, and I might even get this podcast out to the people before the next test happens. That'd uh, be great. It'd be good for a change. In a <laughs> I, I, although I would like to hear the disembodied voice of Pat from the future, just kind of commentating on our commentary it's it's getting very meta lately. it's getting very meta isn't it it's really getting wrapped up in its own nonsense i gotta say mate um we it was a draw fortunately the it was the fourth test it was a draw at old trafford um not because of great play or from australia or gritting it out or two equally fighting teams really because of england absolutely freaking belting us and it raining profusely over the weekend. And look like you got to take your draws how you can get them. And we'll take this draw, Sphinx. But it wasn't mm-hmm. the emphatic level of victory that we were hoping for. Should we Correct. say that? Yeah. I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a monkey's how we keep hold of the urn. The fact that we did is all that matters. We've had two very good tests, one kind of sad test, and one draw. We'll just call it a draw. I don't care if you scored nearly 600. It's a draw. <laughs> I remember a rainy day in Manchester about 10 years ago to the day uh-huh. where the exact same thing happened to us. It was the third test. We scored 530-odd, but we declared early because, you know, we tried to win it. Ah. Uh-huh. England scored 370-odd. We came out for a quick 200. We had them three down for 37. Like, absolutely nothing. Joe Root was playing in that test, I'm almost certain. Wow. 
and then it rained for a day and a half, and England retained the Ashes. I remember that. I do. And I they were really that. happy about that. They were. They were pleased about it, actually. Mm. Spinks, now you remind me of this. I'm having flashbacks to the event, and I remember them being quite joyful. Joyous, yeah. even. There's a there's a particular uh, human being. Can I call him human? I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, one, human adjacent. Human adjacent. <laughs> one Pierce Morgan uh, is obviously been going off through this whole series ever since Johnny Bairstow uh, got himself out mm. and hasn't been quiet since, saying that it is, you know, the most frustrating way to win an Ashes. You uh, couldn't think of a less deserved way for a team to retain the Ashes because of this rainy day in Manchester. But I remember him tweeting out on a rainy day in Manchester these 10 years ago, boom, hashtag rain, hashtag Ashes retained. He was... Very, very excited about That's it. That's strange, Spinks. That's strange that he would have such differing points of view. I mean, mm, strange. Mm, I think he, he made a comment about how ironic it would be if uh, Rain saved the Test match for England. He was he was dancing in LA, praying for Rain. And, well, ten years later, the Rain remembered that and went, okay, well, let's do it the other way. Rainy day in Manchester. Pierce, I hope you're dancing in LA because you got the rain that you wanted and we've retained the ashes. I mean, Manchester has to be one of the dampest places in the universe, right? Like in terms of sheer moisture per year, I'm not sure that there's anywhere damper than Manchester. Like it is basically underwater 90% of the time. It is effectively wet the people there um have to almost you know grow scales and gills in order it's, it's kevin costner's water world is what i'm saying um, oh no <laughs> that is a bad memory that i had put in the back of my mind and you've brought it to the front just was it uh is it dennis hopper and he's bloody one-eyed yeah yeah please, it's no. great content is what it is and um that's what the whole city of manchester <laughs> is so we shouldn't be surprised that it rained <laughs> it rains there all the time it rains there all the time Look, if you, if you, but Spinks, I, I will. This is a sidebar, but there is talk of putting more tests in the south because of the rainy factors in, encased in the north. And I know you've got an affinity and a family connection to the north through your partner, but I also mm-hmm. would add in that the north's great. I really like it. It's good up there. They're fun. The people, people. are great. The, the places are, are great. Yeah, even if it is underwater and everyone's got gills, it it, it is really great up there. So please don't take Tess away. Yeah, and you know, play one in Scotland just to like really piss off the Scottish that they're <laughs> sported. But it is a wonderful part of the world, and I do love it dearly. But it's also you know, it's it place to see the sun. Yeah. If, like, if you want to see some sun, sun don't go spot. up to Manchester. Don't go to York or Leeds or Newcastle. Don't do it. I got a, a post from another English mate today who said that they should play all the tests in Gibraltar um, <laughs> <laughs> just to guarantee the weather. I'll do it in the Falklands. Just, you know, like yeah. places that are historically neutral. Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. Nothing uh, bad happens to England in the Falklands. <laughs> That's a really good deep cut history joke, Speaks. I liked it. Me, Thank Pat, you. that's who. Um, mate, before we get into our dissection of, of what went down in this in this test match at Old Trafford, should we hear from Tom first? Should we put him in early? Again, Absolutely. should we bumping up the order? Um, just to hear what is going on. Now, he actually is a dad for the second time now, Tom. Hey. His son, Ollie, has been born. Hey. 
and he's telling me that he's being a single parent this week and he's really struggling. So <laughs> he says it's like Oppenheimer over there. It's sheer atomic levels of destruction. So Oh no, that's even, very emotional. And just to add insult to injury, his team didn't win the Ashes either. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor, Spixie, but that, that to me seems like a bit of a tough week, you know? Um, so that being the case, I reckon um, I reckon we might chuck him in. Uh, let's, let's fire him up now and hear from Tom Hawkey, our British correspondent with a bulletin from a Brit. Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. Anticlimax. Noun. A disappointing <laughs> end to an impressive or exciting series of events. After three thrilling tests and three days of blistering cricket from England, this is the way the ashes were lost. Not with a bang, but a whimper. England arrived at Old Trafford knowing two things. One, they had to win. And two, Manchester is f***ing wet. <laughs> Day one ended on a knife edge, but by stumps on day two, that knife was driven through the Aussie hearts. Zach Crawley's imperious 189, ably assisted by 50s from Moeen and Root, steered England to 384 for four, a lead of 67 with six wickets in hand. But it had taken them just 72 overs to get there. That's 5.33 and over. Sorry, Tom Spinks. I've got to chime in here. I know we were going to talk about this later, but I figured Tom's teed us up, so let's jump in. Uh, Day two of this test match, the stats that Tom's just described is up there with one of the worst days of cricket of my entire life. Like, I would call it arguably my second worst... Oh, Top five worst days of cricket. Yeah, top five. Well, top we've got five. a f- we've got a few in recent and living memory, but they're more scandals. Yeah, sandpaper was very bad. Uh, yes. You were just reminding me of Alastair Cook hitting two hundred at the SCG, which was also very bad. That was, was not really a good day. Bad. Didn't enjoy that. But this was just brutal. We bowled so much pump, Spinks. We bowled so much pump, like pump, Spinks. It was like. <laughs> Waist high, 130 kilometer an hour, on the legs nonsense. And Zach Clorley towed us up. I just couldn't believe why we were still bowling at this bloke's front pad. Why are we bowling at his front pad for a day, Spinks? But he was the only batter that we have bowled at their front pad for, because everything else has been shoulder height, 135, wide of off stump. Let's try and see how that works. And that's what killed us in the third test, but it's also... Half what won us in the second test? I don't know. I don't want to dissect that again. <laughs> but Crawley, short. Crawley was the only one where they went, okay, he's vulnerable on the front pad. So at least it was, you know, trying to on a length or full bowling, maybe try and get the ball to do a few tricks. And he had he had a control percentage of 71% in his runner ball 189. Jesus. That means for about 40 to 50 runs of his innings, he is not in control of what's happening. He's... As you were telling me earlier, just French cuts for days. Mate, the bloke needs to... Over- the only place I've seen more French cuts was in a Parisian bakery. I'm s- Damn it. The only place I've seen more <laughs> French cuts was in a Parisian delicatessen. Thank I- you. <laughs> like, like, traditionally, the French don't pre-cut their bread for you when it's you pick it up. It's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it scrambled your brains, which I last saw in a French patissier. I mean, in a French <laughs> restaurant. 
Damn it. Zach Crawley's fine meets incorporated. Bonjour, monsieur. Entre vous, s'il vous plaît. Like, it was just absurd. I've never seen a bloke go between his legs so many times in my entire life. Um, yeah. Like, not like since I was minus- pissing at a festival. <laughs> Manus has been dubbed, you know, the, the world's luckiest cricketer because he has quite a lot been dropped on 30 or dropped on 40 or, you know, it's just gone to ground or it's he's got the umpire's call to go his way for a DRS review. And that's fair. But his 100 here, his 111, he was had a 90% control percentage. Yeah, like right. He was switched on. He was switched on to the point that he annoyed the Poms at the change of the ball yeah. in Australia's second innings because he wanted to have a look at what it was doing. And even Ben Stokes, supposed Mr. Spirit of Cricket over here, was asking him, why would you want to look at the ball? And Manus matter-of-factly said, well, it's a different one, so I want to say, see which way it's going to swing. Cause, and it's a fair point because he's gotten used to what the ball's been doing up until now. They've replaced it. He wants to see what it's going to do. And he looked at it and went, that's going to swing. First ball from James Anderson, it swung into his pads. Like, <laughs> like well... <laughs> he was switched on until he got 100, and then he just lost the plot and edged Joe Root to J- Bairstow. All that aside, Zach Crawley, it was one of the messiest, but also one of the funnest, just from a pure spectator sport. He yeah. is just going at a clip. What is it, 5.33, Hawkey was saying? Mate, some of the cover drives were just imperious. Like... He made our blokes look like Div 2 County 11. They looked like the blokes that were trundling in at Michael Nisa for Nisa to get his 178. <laughs> like, it was it was such huge pump spinks. I couldn't believe it. I, I, was, I was like... It's like when you're... It was the equivalent of your Tinder date turning up and seeing that they were nothing like the photos. This is... This is this is Zach Crawley catfished us with nearly a double ton. Is Zach that what Zach you're saying? Crawley catfished up our bowling attack catfished <laughs> us with Zach Crawley's double ton. It was absurd. I hated it. Anyway, that's my rant about that. Zero stars. Actually, one more addition to that rant. <laughs> I, I was telling you this the other day. I said this is one of my least favourite days in cricket and and it's in the top five. One near the top, I was messaging you about this, is I went and played winter cricket this uh, mm-hmm. this week or two just gone and we were out it's nine aside and we were out there in Canterbury um, in southern Sydney and um, we turn up and we've got seven blokes and the other blokes have six right and they I was like skipper just win the toss all you gotta do is win the toss we'll bat all the rest of our guys will turn up we'll be fine he did not win the toss Spinks. we got sent into field with seven On that's the a recurring theme the tiniest ground you've ever seen 36 overs, they made 331. (laughs) (laughs) They were going at 10, Spigs. I got slapped over my head onto the road three times in an over. (laughs) I got hit onto the roof of the toilet block, Spigs. Are you going to pay for the damage? (laughs) I've never chased so much leather in my life. It was absolute sheer brutality. Except for that one night on Oxford Street, but we don't Oh, we can't talk about that anymore. Anyway, so look, between that day of club cricket and then watching Zach Crawley do this to our bowling attack. And also Arsenal lost a friendly to Manchester United twice a couple of days ago. Well, you're not talking about the football spins. You've just had a rough week. It's been a bad week. I've got a flu. Anyway, back to Tom. (laughs) England felt the best way to win was to bat once, so they ploughed on through day three. Bairstow was left stranded on 99, and England ended on a mammoth 592. England's biggest mistake, in my opinion was leaving themselves with too much to do and too little time. 
they should have declared at lunch, when their lead was already 189. They lost 13 overs by batting on. How crucial might they have been? Mm. Those are 13 overs that our quick bowlers could have bowled, unlike on day four when we were forced to turn to spin. Australia could have been a few more wickets down, and maybe in the 30 overs on day four, we might have been bowling at the tail rather than Labuschagne. After the game, Stokes said anyone questioning the lack of declaration doesn't understand the game as well as England do. Well, Ben, my armchair of sideline opinions and I beg to differ. To play as England did, knowing that they had to force a win essentially in three days, was incredible. Zach Crawley's century made some of the best bowlers in the world look like they'd struggled to get into the European Cricket League. <laughs> but England have also learned and adapted throughout this series. Think back to Lords when Australia were scratching their heads and resorted to the short ball. England batted brainlessly and threw that game away. Mm. At Old Trafford, they switched to Bazball with brains. They were aggressive but smart, patiently knocking the ball into the gaps for twos rather than trying to hit everything to the surface of the moon. On the other hand, Australia have started looking flatter and flatter as the matches have progressed. Mm. Had England won here, I think the momentum shift would have been too great. They'd have continued to dominate at the Oval and a famous comeback win would have been sealed. The deflation of this result, coupled with the pressure coming off Australia, mean England could be on the wrong end of a 3-1 scoreline, which would be the first lost series on home soil since 2001. That wouldn't be a fair reflection of the series, so I really hope they can pull themselves together for one last push and tie the second Ashes series of the summer. England's women won the second white ball series 2-1 to level the Ashes at 8 points each, which I'll elaborate more on in the final bulletin of the series. Finally, Two days before the fourth test, Oliver Miles Hawkey was finally born. Hey. Welcome to the world, son. May the rain never dampen any important moments of your life. Unless it's your team who need the draw, in which case, let it rain as much as it damn well likes. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Australia for retaining the ashes for their third series in a row. Three, that's a magic number. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, Tom Hawking. Well done, mate. Thank you so much, pal. I really appreciate your work, especially given you're living that single parent life at the moment while Martina recovers. Um, what a gun, what a jet, what a diamond. And a lot to think about there, Spinks. Shall we start with Stokes's declaration? Did he go too late? He did, because the forecast was three days play. Mm. With three days play, Manchester's going to get real wet real quick the fact that we got a full session in on day four was a surprise yeah we the Manus probably wouldn't have been able to get his century if the forecast was 100% accurate so knowing that you had three days and a bit to play yeah you're going for the innings win I like that's that felt like what they were chasing that they had the carrot of an innings win you want to win by an innings and proper demoralize the opposition and take that into the deciding fifth test and all that kind of stuff but if you're batting into the third day like australia didn't get skittled in the first innings four batters got around the half century mark yeah so they didn't crumble for 180 they it was 320 so you're expecting that again Maybe that's what he was worried about. He wanted to double Australia's score-ish, so he had more room, but he just didn't have time. I mean, I was surprised, given that, that he didn't bat first. 
given that they won the toss. You know, like, why send oh, that, us in? No, no, no. no. You've got to send us in because you need to take 20 wickets. So you want them to be batting the earlier two innings with the rain forecast. He, he wanted his team to bat big sure. and take the 20 wickets either side. I fully understand why he did that. But just the amount of time that they batted. And we didn't, you know, we aren't batting at five and over. We're batting at 3.5. Five, and over. yeah. So we're, we're going over a day for a completed innings. He, he needed to declare earlier, I think. See, yeah, I think in my brain, Spinksy, you bloody make 600 and then you bowl them out twice. Mm. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I, I, all of our guys as well, like the top six, what, we have so many 40s and 50s in that first innings. Like so Even Warner got a 30. Even Warner got a 30, right? Like, it was a really good deck and we should have gone on with it. Like, the... This whole test series, all of these games have been so tight. They've been tight yeah. as anything. First test was tight as hell. Second test was tight as hell. Third test, pretty tight, but England got away with it. This one, we got freaking smashed. And in every department, unfortunately. Um, well, I, I think that's a bit harsh. Like, we made 317. That is not a smash. Yes, they made 590, but that's on the bowlers. That's not on the batting team. Yeah, on, I mean... Come on, you been a bit I mean, harsh. we, like... If we we could have made so much more runs there, we though, bud. Like those got those blokes who got out on that first day. There was a couple of them that really didn't need to happen. Oh, that Smith's was, LB to Wood Smith's was shocking. Marnus's LB to Moeen was shocking. I mean, I, okay, here's a contentious statement, but Moeen's really not that great a bowler, and no, he gets not. he gets Marnus out all the time, and he troubles Smith. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make much sense to me, you know? Like, you have to say that... And, mate, Mark Wood, again, like, Wood is real... The, uh, Wood is striking a lot of fear in the Aussie bats. He's mm. causing them a lot of problems. The only person he's not causing problems is Mitchell Marsh. Like, mm. how much of a mind-blowing situation is it to be here and now, Spinks? Like, imagine we went back in time five episodes ago, you and I, and we were talking to past Patton Spinks. We were like, hey, fellas, guess what? The saviour of this test series, the best informed batter is going to be Mitchell Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell Marsh is going to come in and he's going to, like, change the world. He's going to make a run a ball ton. He's going to get a 50 and then a bloody he's, not out 30. To be fair, he hasn't, he hasn't been our saviour. We lost the third test. He just made it a contest. If we, he wasn't and there, man, we would have got even we more. We would have got absolutely pumped. But Pat Cummins has won us a test match and Usman Khawaja has won us a test match. Like, you know, the, the social, the pecking order is still consistent, but Mitchell Marsh has been a valuable team member. Man, I'm glad he's great. back. He's Chris Barty must be absolutely cheering. Oh, mate, I, I'm sure he's up to his armpits and diapers just absolutely off his nut about how good Mitchell <laughs> Marsh has been. Um, but it, it's so bizarre that it's gone that way. You know, like, it's... These it's, two non-starters for both teams, that Wood is the game-changer for England. Mm. And we knew he would be. Like, anyone who bowls 150Ks is just, you know, worth their weight in gold. We adore them. And on these flat decks, it's he's the only pace bowler who's able to do anything. Uh, Wokes, too, man. Like, Wokes has been also a revelation. Like, he's out-bowled Anderson. He's actually even out-bowled Broad in the last two test matches. He's looked great. Um, he's been really difficult to get away. It's that bloody wobble scene nonsense again. He's caused, again, all of the Aussie batters a lot of problems. Well, he's, he's bowling like Pat Cummins at his best, which is just 
like fourth stump line at the hips, wobble seam, and it's either going to skid through seam one way, like the ball's just going to do a myriad of things, but he lands it on the 50 cent piece on the pitch every mm-hmm. time, and it's oh, it's just impossible. Yeah, it was very, very difficult to face. Um, mate, why do you think we were so bad bowling in England this round? Like, why, why, why did we go to hell in a handbasket here? I have two trains of thought. One is... Um, no one likes being bounced. <laughs> yes, just as a general rule. But what we uh, have found in these tests is uh, Stokes doesn't mind it, mm. and Zach Crawley he'll, he'll go for it. Uh, ben Duckett he'll go for it. Harry Brook he'll go for it. Like they they're okay with getting bounced. Whereas our batting lineup, no, we don't like getting bounced. Yeah, don't so, love it. So that might have been a, a way to counteract baseball is, okay, if they're playing a game of carting us through the covers and hooking us to mid-wicket, bowl it at their nut and see what happens. So that may have been a plan or it may have been a plan B that we resorted to. And the other one is, we thought we'd have English pitches. I, I bang on about this a lot. I but know, but that's yeah. like leading into this game, Sphinx. You know, we'd, we got kind of used to what we were going to be served, right? Well, that now they look tired because that, that kind of bowling is tough. Yeah, sure. That, that really, really takes it out of you. The fact that both lineups have, for two tests in a row, were able to run in and bang it short of a length as fast as they could to get it up under the armpits. Well, sorry, for the Poms to get it up under the armpits or around the head and for us to just bounce it wide and have the most wayward <laughs> short pitch bowling I've seen for ages. Like, it's horrendous. And it it's really, really hard to keep up. And so I think they're just knackered. Yeah. I think they're really, really knackered. Hoff is, like, Hazelwood is not ever 100% fit. He's sure. not ever 100% fit. Mitchell Stark is used to bowling when the ball's going to do a little for him. Because whenever we get a flat deck, as he says, he's the most dropped member of the team. As soon as the pitch looks a little lifeless, he's out. But he had a really good second test, and so he's stuck it through the next three. Boland just hasn't been able to manage to find any assistance, and so Bazball has been working against him. And we said it last, well, I said it last pod, that he just doesn't seem to be able to adapt very quickly. Mm. That his plan A and his plan B are great, but he doesn't have anything beyond that. And so he's just not able to change. And so now they just all look really tired. And also, the loss of Nathan Lyon is... He anchors that pace bowling lineup. Yeah. Even if he's going for five and a half and over, he's either making chances or he's frustrating batters. And it's only been two tests without him. They've only played Murph once. We went through with... um, yeah, three paces and two all-rounders in this one. Um, Lyon has a massive job in the team. You know, 100 tests in a row with the guy in the squad. And then all of a sudden, you're not going to see him until the summer, maybe. Hopefully. Like that, that's, that changes your plans. That changes how bowlers bowl. Yeah, 100%. And I think too, mate, I think England succeeded in rattling us in this yeah. one. I think we got bloody rattled. Like Hawkey said it, and I don't disagree, that if they'd won this, we would probably be looking at a 3-2 at the Oval, England's way, with I, them committing. I, 
I think he's right. And mm. I also think that the Australian selectors selected for the draw in this game by selecting mm. Green... Lengthening the batting lineup. Green and um, and Mitch Marsh. And it, it's worked, right? Like, it's it's worked. They looked at the weather and they went, it's going to rain for two days, let's just bat deep. We need eight d- batters, Pat Cummins to start. Like, the only person who can't bat in that lineup is Hazelwood. And Cummins is batting at 10. Yeah. Like, that is a long batting lineup. <laughs> that's all deep. That's batting real freaking deep, right? And, you know, Starkey people- hit a 36 in the first innings. Mm. And, like, it, we batted down to eight. Yeah, we batted a long way To down. nine, sorry. And, like... Yeah, it's it's sad to be in a situation where we are like consciously batting or looking to play for a draw, but I think it does like it feels against what we Australians kind of go for in our lives. I knew you were going to drop that <laughs> fucking word. I could feel it when when you said it goes. I'm like, oh, he's going to say he's Australian. Gonna, yeah, he's going to say. I'm not oh. going to say that. I don't think that's true. Like, because we want to, we want to win. Right, like that's our whole yeah, thing we, here, we, and we just got to hold on to this test. It's going to rain for two days. Let's bat freaking deep and just make sure we walk out of here with the series tied up. Yeah, like, why wouldn't we what, do that? It's what they planned for, and it's what they did. I said it to you the other week, where about Australia's role in the international cricket scene has always been the bully like, for decades, ever mm. since Alan Border was swearing at his own teammates. <laughs> We've been the bully on the big stage. And maybe that's not who we are anymore. Climate change Cummins and his woke agenda <laughs> has pacified the image of the Australian cricket team. England's still going to go on about it. Indian fans are still going to go on about it because we're the big three and that's where the rivalries are. South Africa is not going to let anything go for quite some time and that is their prerogative. Yeah, fair. But we're not that kind of team anymore. So let's just play good sport and try and win or retain at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. And look like we have given ourselves the best opportunity to do that. Well, we, also, we have retained it. We've done it. We've, we've retained done. it. I mean, what I was trying to say is to, to win it, to win, yes. win, win next week. I mean, all we've got to do is either draw or win it and we are, we're through. I, I did also want to mention last sort of thing on this game, how monumentally lucky Australia was phenomenally lucky to have two umpires that kept their bloody shades on (laughs) when England was bowling. The light didn't change at all. Nothing happened. And all of a sudden they were like, no, no, you can't bowl Mark Wood in this. Absolutely not. No way. This is dark. It's like, Joel Wilson, you are wearing the darkest set of shades anyone has ever seen. You're in risky business, mate. Secret service level sunnies (laughs) on a stakeout. You're wearing sunglasses indoors at night, champ. <laughs> the reason you can't see. <laughs> like, and there were know. proper speed dealers too. Like there were proper speed dealers. <laughs> proper speed dealers, sunnies. And he's just kind of looking around going, oh, it's a bit dark. I can't remember which way it went, but one of the umpires had light enhancing glasses on. The other one had genuine, <laughs> genuine dark Anti-glare, sunnies. UV resistant. UV 5,000 resistant freaking black as the night sunglasses he was looking through the bottoms of two coke bottles like to him <laughs> to him it was the, the darkest thing in the world and so Mark, like 
Marnus Labuschagne, batting to try and put Australia into position to save a test match, goes from facing Mark Wood bowling sheer heat and Chris Wokes just nibbling it around corners to Moline bowling, bowling long hops outside off stump and just starts hitting drives, being like, oh, thank you very much. Joe Root bowls a couple of like pretty full ones, two dances down the wicket, pubs those. Although we have to say, the bowler of that day, of day four, was Joe Root because of his bag of tricks. Bold a genuine outswinger at the sort of pace that I'm genuinely jealous of. Um, oh, off three how, steps. Off three steps can bowl at 96 and on a full long run up. And I am a tall man. I am six foot four. I have the wingspan of an albatross and I think I can hit 72 clicks on a good day. <laughs> it was really impressive. It bounced and kicked so much that Zach Crawley had no chance. Flew past his nostril for, for four runs. I was bowling leg breaks, off breaks, arm balls you know the licorice all sorts it was inc- it was very impressive from Joe Root 80 with a bat bowled like a god took a wicket yeah. he was bowling at Shane Watson speeds and getting the same amount of swing which is <laughs> you know appreciable <laughs> but he was meant to be bowling offies it was really impressive he was amazing with the bat too like he's sort of sliding under the radar Joe in this test because he's you know Zach Crawley make 189 but yeah. just oh this- and Bairstow remembered how to bat so all of a sudden Joe Root's not there with his very good 84 off 95 like but you know he he had a sub 100 strike rate that's why that's why he wasn't the head that's right Berso was striking at 120 Joe Root's reverse switch scoops are the most wild thing in cricket like they are he'd never play as a captain like he him similar to Smith and to Kane Williamson and to Coley towards you know Mm. four or five years into their tenure as captains just were weighed down by leading the team you take it off him and he goes oh I think I'm going to reverse sweep Pat Cummins first ball for four <laughs> yeah that I think that'll outrageous. work that'll, that yeah. sounds good and um, Ben Sirk says do it go for you it wouldn't. you're too scared <laughs> Joe we went alright you're, right, you're on you're um, on and yeah Bearstow did bat really well he also got really lucky I mean mate that partnership with Bearstow and Anderson Hurt my inside so much. I was like, why can't we get these pricks out? Who do we have to pay? Commonwealth Bank, do me a favour. Send them a cheque in the mail. Like This is, this is what I think your problem is in your own cricket career. Is These two gingers in the English team, a mm. lower order batsman that mm-hmm. bat really well with the tail. Your yeah. problem is you are the tail. So if you could just get up and start batting at six, I think you'll have a wonderful, wonderful ninth grade cricket career. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. That's genuinely good advice, Binks. I've got to believe in myself and start dancing down and smashing blokes over mid-wicket. Exactly. Um, I was secretly... I did take a lot of pleasure out of watching Johnny Besto get stranded on 99 Not Like, I know that's Couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. Yeah, exactly. You know... Came out in the press. Everyone was asking him about his dismissal at Lords, and he gave the most firm, aggressive no comment I've ever heard. It was, it was, weird. and he's not bitter about it. He's not. He's not, not bitter, bitter about it. Not no, bitter. no, no. He he's, he's just really worried about the kids coming up in grade cricket. Yeah, oh, what yeah, are they going, going to do? And I think you're the one that said it to me. Is hopefully stay in their crease. <laughs> You, you were a teachable moment, Johnny. You're a teachable moment, Not ha- Not about keeping. You would never be a no, teachable no, moment no, about no, keeping. about that. But about batting badly. <laughs> and, and that's a bit harsh, because Johnny, without the gloves, is a very good batter. Oh, like, he's I a really, great really like Johnny. 
as a number five batter. He should but, just be able to bat um, to bat. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, he should just be able to. But who, who, who are you replacing? Harry Brook is the future pick. Like, Johnny's not young. Mm. Harry Brook's the future. Duckett's up top. Crawley's up top. Like, you've got... Um, Pope is in there at number three when his yeah. shoulder's fixed. So, they if they want him in the side, they need him with the gloves. The problem is, you need someone good with the gloves, and you won't pick that guy. I'm just rambling about how much I hate Johnny Pesto as a no, no, I mean, he's... It's a yeah. fixation. Like, they, the, a stat came out the other day, Spinks. I can't remember if we talked about it in the last pod, but there's been... He's had 22... Like Carey had 22 chances come his way. He's taken 20 of them. And mm-hmm. Bairstow has taken something like 16. Um, yeah. Even less, maybe. That that there's... He's missed a lot of chances in this. That yeah, and we've given him a lot of chances. Like, that's... Oh, boy. Like you were saying about how close this series is. Is I don't quite agree with Hawkey's point about, you know, the, the scoreline doesn't do the series justice. Is Nothing does the series justice unless you saw it. And we saw it, and it's been great. We've been having yeah. a great time. The 2-1 scoreline in 2005 doesn't do the series justice because True. it means there were two draws or washouts, whatever. But that is that was a phenomenal test series. So the raw stats don't matter. We saw how great it was. But we've seen how lucky Australia has been to eke oh. out... And like we said, I said for the first test is uh, Besto dropping Usman Kawaja on a dolly of a catch yeah. on 20... Yeah. Before Kawaja goes and scores an extra 120 runs before Ollie Pope tells, uh, Ollie Robinson tells him to get effed, is, you know, that lost them the first test. And, um, you know, the drop of Lyon at square. Um, yeah. That, well, that was just funny. I mean, that was a bit funny, but that's what mm. Ben said in the press conference. He was like, that's the moment that I regret. Yeah, but and but the switch of that is when we were there in 2019, and uh, Nathan Lyon dropped a pretty good yeah. return throw to run Ben Stokes out. He just fumbled it. Those moments happen, and they make a Test series, and they make it close. It could have gone either way, and that's great. I would prefer England played like number six in the world, but this has also been fun. <laughs> You might also say, as Justin Timberlake says, what goes around, comes around, goes around, comes around, goes around. Yeah, comes back I around. could quote Justin Timberlake, but I don't want to. <laughs> Too late. I already did. Um, <laughs> You've only got mate, four minutes to save the world, I think. And something in, in that vernacular. Before we move on to um, before we move on to the next test, Spinks, um, I wondered if you had anything you wanted to say to Stuart Broad. Because I know you've already just pulled Pierce apart, but I, I believe <sighs> that Broad said something to really provoke you. I week. think... I think what's happened is after Ollie Robinson told Kawaja to f*** off, yeah. and then after what happened in the long room and Broad coming out, playing silly buggers, keeping his bat in the crease, I thought was top-notch comedy. Groucho Marx would be proud. But then him telling Carey that, you know, that's the worst thing I've ever seen in Critic Kit. That's what you're going to be remembered for. He's laying it on a bit thick. And I think what's happened is he heard me say that he's not the villain anymore. Ah, that Ollie Robinson is now the villain, but he's not playing. Yeah, so Stuart Broad's gotten the villain hat back and went, no, I'm going to be an insufferable bleep this <laughs> for the remainder remainder of this series. Just because, you know, oh, the Australians started liking me for a second there. I couldn't possibly, possibly let that stand. Like, you haven't heard a thing out of James Anderson. Mostly no. because he's so old and his th- voice is gone. <laughs> You've heard barely a peep out of Joe Root, the former captain. All the p- 
previous captains of the English cricket team, going all the way back to until we get to boycott, they're saying, you know, it's cricket, just play on. But Stuart Broad went, no. No, I want to piss some people off. And so him, exactly the same as Piers Morgan, and I don't think anyone would like to be compared to Piers Morgan, ever. <laughs> Ten years ago, as soon as they retained the Ashes because of that rainy fucking day in Manchester, he said he was, Ashes retained, excited. So excited. It was a glowing feeling. Like He talked at length about how good he felt because that was England's home series win. Fabulous for you. They ended up winning the series, but at that stage, it could have been a drawn series, much like this one. Mm. And then just recently, he said, oh, (laughs) this is the most disappointing way for this series to end. It's not really deserved. It's very similar to the COVID Ashes series in Australia where they got pumped 4-0, not that I was counting. (laughs) That maybe that series should have been voided. Because, you know, it was the COVID Ah, and it was a little bit difficult. So we'll void that one. Well, maybe we should void this one. Maybe. Is that what... He wants us to void this one as well. Does he want us to void all the ones that he hasn't won and just keep the ones that he has won? Yeah. So he wants to void every series in Australia and now the last two series in England because England doesn't get the urn back and we can go back to 2015 where they had the ashes again. Spinks, we have talked about how much 2011 hurt our human bodies. In fact, that whole period um, from 2009, 2011, 2013, all of, and the first half of 2015 was a very, very bad time. We, you and I, L Spinks, do not get to void those bad boys. We got to cop them. Because in cricket, no. you got to take your licks. You know, you got to take your licks. Sometimes you're on the good side of it and you're a bloke at the crease getting served pump by an orange medium pacer <laughs> and you're pumping the bastard back over his head onto the road for six. And sometimes you're the orange medium pacer coming in trying to bowl his stock ball and seeing it flying over his head flat back onto the road for six. And you got to take where you're at and know that sometime the wheel will turn. What goes around, comes around, goes around, comes around, goes back around and you'll be on the other side of it at some point. That is the most positive outlook you could have for your current predicament as a kid. <laughs> is you've attached your recent life story uh-huh. to this grand narrative around international sport and yeah. said, it will come good for me one day. Uh, one and day. you've been saying that since you were 19 years old. And I, for one, think that is a very healthy outlook on life. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. You're just going to keep believing in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have... Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too philosophical about it because this has been a really close series. Like this mm. has not. This has been a lot closer than I expected it to be. Yeah, same. Uh, I think that's down to pitch doctoring. But <laughs> like you know, they're not going so far as you know the groundsman at a Indian cricket ground coming out wearing a BCCI shirt. But oh, they've yeah, gone close. Good. To that was good stuff. Oh, a yeah. direct request from the captain and the coach in the media. Like, they're not even hiding it, saying, we want some flat decks. Like, if... Is that not the worst thing for cricket? I've, I'm about to go on the biggest tangent of my life right now, and I think it's better saved for, like, a series wrap-up. <laughs> okay, okay. Put a pin so, in I'm going to put a cork in that while I uncork this wine. Okay. But 
let's just say it's been a, it's been a good series so far. We're having time. It's a, it's a lot closer, and England just needs to suck it up, which is something an English person outside of Hawkey, by the sounds of it, will ever do. <laughs> TK is magnanimous in defeat, it has to be said. He's a pragmatic pom, and that is not an alliteration that I've ever heard before. No, but well done. Um, Okay, mate, last test. Fifth test coming up at the Oval. It starts this Thursday, the 27th. England and Australia, what do you think the changes are going to be for both sides? Let's start with Australia. How do you see it playing out? I know that you're going to say that we're going to win. I'm going to say <laughs> we're going to win as well. But let's let's just have a think about... Let's start with us first. Yeah, like, well, the thing is, there's also a decent chunk of rain uh, mm. forecast for that. It's like the first day is looking pretty close to a washout. Might get a session in. Friday's good, bit of rain Saturday, and a bit of rain Sunday. So, like all the tests so far, like we haven't had a full test yet, which has been frustrating. So, we're kind of getting four days on average th- throughout. So, yeah, sure. with a first day washout, you kind of, you want to bat first. If we win a toss, we'll want to bat first. Yeah. And then, hopefully they bring Murph back. Like, I can't imagine doing three quicks and the two all-rounders again. Like, Cameron yeah. Green is not adding enough with the bat or the ball for that to be the right call. It does depend on Mitchell Marsh's injury. There were some injury uh, concerns around Mitchell Marsh, because, of course, there are. So, um, well, the last I heard fit. is that he was walking out onto the field whilst it was raining while Brendan McCullum was out there and slipped over quite hilariously, intentionally, just mm. to try and get a laugh out of him and then put an injury scare through the Australian camp. So hopefully it's just that. Maybe he's just playing silly buggers and he hasn't punched a locker again. Just talked... um, He just... He spent a long time off the ground on one of those days getting a lot of treatment done. So it probably is just ongoing stuff, but it's worth keeping in mind. I agree. I think Murphy's got to come back in. I think you got to drop green, as sad as that is, um, and that Mitch Marsh has to play because he's just so in form and he's the only bloke out there who looks comfortable against Mark Wood. Um, so yeah, and he's he, got to play. He had a wonderful shot to Mark Wood, which is, you know, always the cricket wanker says like, oh, you know, you all like the cover drive, but I like a good block. But it was a really good block that Mark Wood was bowling it <laughs> full. It skidded through and Marsh was fully prepared to cart him through the covers. Like yeah. he's, he's been premeditating a bit on this, but you can do that when the pitch is so, let's be polite and say true. Nice. And he was fully prepared to cart him through the covers. And then it was just a little bit fuller, uh, shorter than he expected. It was going to hit him eye on the bat. And he just checked his drive at the 45 degree angle on the way through, blocked it directly under his eyes, and it skidded through. And they still got a single off it. Is that's, that's a guy who's watching the ball and he's prepared to play his shots, but he's also yeah. prepared to abort it properly. And the Whereas- pull shot too, mate. Like he was pulling wood in front of square. Mm. So if you can pull a bloke bowling that fast in front of the 90 degree, like you're you're seeing it, number one, but you're also timing the hell out of it. Yeah. So many of our guys, and, and actually the English as well, have been caught behind square hooking. So if you can play those shots in front of square, you're you're fully in the game. So yeah, I think Cameron Green is you know pulling Ollie Robinson to deep square leg and getting out. So. Yeah, fine leg sometimes too. He, he just okay. needs a retune. He's you know we yeah. love Cam Green. He has all the potential in the world. You know the the what do you call it? The two meters of meat. The two meters of man. The mountain of meat. The mountain of meat in the gully region. Like he's phenomenal. He just needs yeah. a retune. 
And so, okay. So, sorry. So, um, Warner and Kawaja will open again. We're not going to see just there. Yeah. Um, we'll have Smith and Marnus and Trav, Mitch, Carey. Um, then you're going to stay with Hoff, Stark, Cummins. And I'm going to drop, drop Hoff for Boland, I think. Oh. I think everyone looks a bit tired. Cummins looks really tired. Cummins looks knackered, mate, but we can't yeah. drop Paddy at this point. Like, he's got no. to play. And that, that was everyone's argument about not making a bowler captain, and I understand that. But he's in the team, and he has to be in the team because he's a good captain. So yeah. Stark, Cummins, Murph, and Boland is okay. my 11. I don't think that's what it will be. I think they'll keep the lineup and just swap Murph for Cam. Yeah, you're probably but right. I, I think that's what they'll do as well. What well, about for the Poms, mate? Any changes for the Poms? No, I can't imagine so. Like, you're not bringing Ollie Robertson back. Um, Broad and Anderson. Broad was probably, you'd assume, meant to be rested midpoint of this yeah. series. But because they lost the first two and he was their best bowler for two tests, they're not going to drop him. But um, I thought Tong could have got another run. I'd probably drop Anderson for Tong. Yeah, I'm sorry. Or Tong, or however you say his name. I've heard it 12 different ways. <laughs> For a name that's spelt like tongue, it should be a lot simpler than it is. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think that's probably what they'll go for. That they'll um, they'll bring they'll bring Tong in for Anderson, and outside yeah. of that, it'll be. And we we haven't mentioned that Moen Ali, who hasn't played Test cricket for two years and has been batting at seven for this whole series, came out and smashed a fifty at three. Looks great. Three. Which is where he has batted before. The like most he, glorious cover drives I've ever seen in my entire life. Ridiculous. So that, that helped England so much. We're like, so okay, Moeen will stay at three. Brooke will stay at five. That's how we'll keep it. And we'll have our four pace bowlers. Bel- Rolling your spin there, so. bowler, playing your spin bowler at three gives you so much flexibility in your side. But it's like a supersized Adam Gilchrist. It's so annoying. But he was never a spin bowler in that sense. Like, he, he was played as the sole spinner from an English team, but that was an English team that didn't know what the fuck they were doing <laughs> with spinners. And they still don't. Like, they still don't have a good spinner. He's been getting wickets, and it's been driving us up the wall. But he's not a frontline spinner. He is a good for seven or eight overs in a one-day game. Until one Trav and Mana start playing him like he's a part-timer... He's looking like he's freaking Ravi Ashwin out there, outside of the long hops. He bowls the AK. He went to No, hell he's not playing like Ravi Ashwin, because Ravi Ashwin doesn't get bowled in England. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He's getting bowled in England. That's a great point. Don't start me again. Um, but yeah, yeah so their right. batting lineup down to Bairstow is the same. Wokes has to be picked. Wood has to be picked. Mm. And then Broad probably picked. And then, yeah, I'll drop Anderson for Tong. I think Tong... With it being a must-win test, just to, but it's just to draw, give the young guy a run. He he bowled pretty well in the test that he played. I also heard some vague chat around Wokes maybe also having an injury, and that Sammy, the, the date, Curran might come in for him. And um, oh yeah, I'd be interested to see that. Sam Curran, I'm assuming, not, yes. not Tom. Sam, yeah, the shorter he's, one. He's a, he's an interesting bowler because he's he's not tall. No. He's, he's a fairly slight man, and he's just got this very flat, skiddy trajectory, which is, works wonders in short-form cricket. Like, he's in the ODI and T20 teams, and he plays for my good old Sydney Sixers out here in the Big Bash. Oh, sorry, his brother plays for them, and they've got a very similar action. 
I'd like Sam Curran to get a run. Or drop Anderson and Broad. Fuck it. Hey, do it. Get rid of the, you know, a thousand wickets out of your team and, and yeah. see see what happens. You don't um, want to lose the test. I understand that. But, you know, yeah. they, they kind of need one eye on their, on their future tours. We should at this point to quickly just mention that Stuart Broad did take his 600th wicket um, in this test match. And that's an Am I supposed achievement. to care? Well, I mean, it's pretty extraordinary, mate, for a pace yeah, bowler to ridiculous. take six hundred wickets. Like that's that's a hell of a freaking thing. I know. know. I'm I'm being facetious, but <laughs> it is ridiculous that him and Anderson both that are both still playing. Like, yes, they do not have the strike rate of a Glenn McGrath. Yeah, which is why Glenn McGrath will always be better than them. But the <laughs> fact that they have bowled for you know nearly like two decades for Anderson and nearly two decades for Stuart Broad is insane and England is looking better now without them than I thought possible and that's quite upsetting yeah I would say it's genuinely devastating um, in my heart of hearts mate uh, we will be back after the next test and hopefully Spinks hopefully how good would it be to celebrate a 3-1 Aussie victory in in this series like that would be talk about the scoreline not showing how tight the competition was that would be a delight for our human body sphinx you and i will be off our nut we'll have to crack a bottle of champagne or something i don't know what we do you can uh, afford champagne i've just got prosecco i mean we'll drink the prosecco that's what i'm saying let's crack this prosecco sphinx <laughs> if, yeah, let's we win, do it. if we win this game we take the ashes 3-1 we're doing the pod with Prosecco. It's a Prosecco pod. Tune in for that. Um, any final thoughts from you, my friend, before we call it a day? No, outside of just reminding you that uh, Arsenal lost on the weekend. Um, go the Aussies! Go the Aussies! Go the Aussies! Go the Aussies! Two for None is created by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. This episode presented by Pat Cullen and Alex Spinks, featuring the one and only Tom K. Hawkey. This episode was produced and edited by me, Pat Cullen, at Ginger Snap Productions, and featured music included The Great Escape theme off The Great Escape soundtrack, Alma Bernstein, 2014, Goes Around, Comes Around, Justin Timberlake, 2006, Zumba Records, Suffer Little Children, The Smiths, 1984, Warner Music, and of course, Della Soul, with the magic number, 1989, NME. All clips and music is used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license. Contact apra.com.au for details. You can check us out at gingersnapsydney.com. Make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, share it on socials. Remember that it's not just our mums that love it. And get the word out that Two for None is a bloody great podcast. We will be back with our final pod of the Ashes series after the fifth test. And we look forward to hearing all of your thoughts then. Cheers. Oh, and go the Aussies. Go the Aussies. Go the Aussies.